Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. I'm Sam Wilson, and joining me as always... Zach Schneider. And Liz Tory. Today we're going to be reviewing the 1988 uh, fantasy classic Willow. Willow, directed by Ron Howard, uh, ringing in the release of the uh, television series, which, as of the release of this podcast, uh, has, I think just came out uh, j- just this week. Uh, we were recording this before the TV show has, has come out, so we haven't got a chance to see it yet, but we thought it'd be a good idea to go ahead and revisit the movie that started it all. But but before we kind of get into that, uh, what's what's been going on this week with everybody? Liz, how, how are you doing? Oh, doing pretty good. Just getting ready. I have uh, three performances next month, uh, and I'll have three performances that I'm producing every month all next year. I finally got a permanent home for my non-binary preacher's kid stand-up, and I also got a permanent home for my Praise the Goose concept, which is Monty Python meets religion. You know, you can never have too much of that. So excited about that. Oh, my Python itself was never uh, afraid of, of doing some uh, religious uh, yes. lampooning as well. So is this kind of oh. good? <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I love my Python. It's, it's always uh, good. Like, whenever somebody sells something, it's like, oh, it's my Python meets anything. I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm in. I'm <laughs> good. I'm good for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, in the Praise the Goose, I'll be playing a character called uh, Reverend Mary Muffet. And uh, she preaches in the rhymes of Mother Goose. Yeah. And it's going to be like a ridiculous uh, form of stand-up comedy church. Oh, that sounds really fun, Liz. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out for sure. Yeah. How about you, Zach? You, uh, you w- w- watching any uh, exciting shows or playing any good games lately or anything like that? So I just finished uh, season three of The Expanse. That show continues to be a fantastic mix of just good character drama and hard sci-fi that slowly gets softer sci-fi over time, but in a way that that actually works out for the most part. It's like we got one soft sci-fi conceit and that just slowly gets stronger over time. No, I, I'm really enjoying that show a lot. Yeah, The Expanse is one I, I kind of need to kind of get back into because, like, I had started the first season and I I thought it was good. I thought it was a bit slow at first, and I was like, I've I've heard a lot of people say that it's one of those shows that you have to kind of stick with. But right, it it, it picks, picks up. up after. Yeah, kind of has that common factor in a lot of dramas where it's like. You're not wholly sure exactly who's going to survive and be your main characters yet at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, I I've actually been watching the uh, the 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 new uh, the third season of Mythic Quest is out right now, and I've been I've been watching that show Ooh. week to week. That's one I I actually kind of recommend. It's a it's it's a a workplace comedy about uh, people making a World of Warcraft type MMO. You know, it's like the people that actually make the, the video game. That shows a lot of fun and also goes into some su- surprising and unexpected directions with, you know, having episodes that have a tenuous connection to the rest of the series, but are just kind of these great, you know, standalone stories type of thing. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm, I I I really enjoy the hell out of that show as, as as well. But are you caught up on it and watch it as it comes out, or so so it's on the the Apple uh, streaming service, Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. And I had watched the first two seasons uh, just in, in the past couple of months. I kind of discovered it, and the third season is airing now. So I've been watching. I, I'm caught up, and I'm watching the third season cool. as as it comes out. But uh, but yeah, the the all three seasons are on on Apple, and I I do again if if you have that streaming service, I think it's it's one of the better uh, aside from Ted Lasso, which is the one that everybody watches. Like it's it's one of the better shows on there, in my opinion. So it seemed like they were throwing mud at the wall to see what would stick at first, but now they have some shows that are really taking off. Yeah, no, I I, I think uh, Mythic Quest is is definitely kind of picking up for them. You know, I I think they they've already renewed it through at least season four, I think. And and of course, you know, T- Ted Lasso, of course, was was a huge hit with you know viewership and like yeah. won all the Emmys and everything. Which that, that's also such a great show. I love Ted Lasso. But y'all saw the menu. What did you think? Oh yeah, the menu. Yes. Yeah, that's a new movie with uh, it's Anya Taylor Joy and Ray Fiennes and um, uh, Nicholas Holt. Also, like uh, John Leguizamo's in it like there's there's a lot like that's that was a really fun kind of dark comedy with some horror thriller elements nice. to it you know mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very dark it's very tense but also like it it it, it ends up being funny in, in unexpected ways so yeah I, I actually really did enjoy that movie a lot as well the only issue i have with it is that if anyone asks what this is about i don't have an answer <laughs> that doesn't spoil anything i pretty much just have to say you kind of got to see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those it's been, it's it's kind of best to go and blind, yeah. It's it's hard to really explain what what it is about. It's like again, I the best way to kind of sell it to people is to just kind of pitch the general tone of it, I think. That's like it's it's very tense. It's kind of a thriller, but it's also a dark comedy at the same time. Like it's it's the cast too. I mean, it's it's Anya Taylor-Joy is is great. Mm-hmm. You know, Ray Fiennes is is really good in the movie like so like go see it for for that if nothing else but yeah it's, it's a it's a really good movie yeah it is fantastic all right well let's go ahead and slide right into willow uh spoilers are gonna start here for the original uh it is 88 right okay oh, yeah, yes 1988 it's willow directed by ron howard so we're gonna start by talking about the the title character willow played by warwick davis a very young warwick davis uh i think he's a great protagonist i like the fact that his strength comes from his cleverness is is kind of ingenuity you know the fact that he like even going to the the climax of the movie the fact that he kind of wins by just doing a simple magic trick i think it's just awesome i think it i I think it's really cool and and work davis is very endearing in this role i think he's it's he's overall a great lead in in the film but what what do you guys think of this character it's a movie where the lead character is a wizard fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. in. You had me. <laughs> uh I'm I'm a wizard sucker too. Uh the classic, you know, Gandalf and now that mm-hmm. I've seen it, Willow type wizard. These are actually really fantastic versions of wizards. There is a quote that uh the author Terry Pratchett had about what is it, 90% of magic is just knowing one other thing that someone else doesn't. And that is exactly the type of wizard Willow is. He's yes. not like a fantastic sorcerer, but he is clever. And he is able to misdirect and get people to kind of do themselves in if they need to. And now nah, it's, it's just fantastic. It's also really nice to have a protagonist who is 
genuinely a family man it's like yeah i mm-hmm. can't yes. be doing this i gotta get back home i got crops to you know feed i got a family yeah, I, got, I got two kids you know they don't try and like do the, the i mean i know that they kind of do the love interest thing with the val kilmer character but they don't give the hero a love interest because like he's a married man he's got kids it's, I like, it's, whatever. it's like <laughs> i love that i i that's actually one of my favorite things and always has been is that he he has this family and he's not like that typical hermit wizard that's a little selfish or or doesn't really have a lot of social skills i love him because he he is that family man he is that character that everyone can relate to you know because he's yeah. out doing this because he fell in love with this child sucker <laughs> but he can't let anything happen to her but at the same time he's worried about oh my god i got to get my crops done or my family's going to starve i really love that concept of him he's he's a very stereotypical hero yeah but but in a good way yeah like i yeah. I, I do think that yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that his his main kind of obstacle is getting over his self-doubt, too. The fact that, yes. you know, when when the Wizard of the Village does ask him that, like, you know, in, in which finger is the power type of thing. What was and, your and first he, and, like, the guy answer. talks to him afterwards. It's like, no, he actually did know the answer. Yeah. He just doubted himself. You know, he second-guessed himself the way a lot of people do of, like, no, it can't be that. No, there's, there's, no. Nah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so I, I, I love that, too. And I, I love the fact that, you know, we, we, we kind of get the uh the, the payoff for that relatively quickly you know of, of like yeah the, again the village wizard you could tell that he kind of knows that willow is is the only person in He's this town who actually does have the potential to <laughs> yep. be a, a real wizard <laughs> he even says it right out i want to touch on that that the the nelwyn wizard of the, of the village as well because like this guy He's a great character, but he. This is definitely the, the wizard in the movie who's the most just bullshitting his way through everything. Absolutely. Like basically, like <laughs> he's the Wizard of Oz. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Like you know, the bones are telling me shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The bones don't say anything. The bones don't tell me anything. <laughs> but he's honest with Willow because Willow. He knows that Willow has the potential to be a good wizard. Exactly. I also love that moment. Like, it just underscores what I mentioned earlier. It's like, it's debatable exactly how powerful the Nelwyn wizard actually is. He might literally only know, like, one or two spells. But he's a pretty good wizard just because he is a good judge of people and a good observer of the world. You know, he gives genuinely good advice to Willow. The reason that, you know, he did the whole Bones trick is so that he could have that heart-to-heart. It's like, hey, look... Do you actually care for the kid? If you do, you're the best choice for this quest. Exactly. To be honest, throughout this whole damn movie, I love the magical aspect to it. I love that you have to have something to make something else. Like you have to have the acorn to chant so that it turns things into stone. You know, and then they have the touch of of ritual. They actually have to have ritual parts and pieces to and still they get it wrong as we'll get into later and with this he has that heart to heart he uses the bones as a prop to help willow get close to him so that he can have that conversation of okay what the fuck is going on here okay (laughs) oh you do love her all right well you're stuck with this one 
<laughs> the bones even, have spoken. Even when, even when he like rele- he like releases the bird, is like follow the bird. Oh, the bird's going back to the village. Yes. Oh, don't follow the bird. Yes. <laughs> I, love I was trying that to do a thing. Time. I was trying to do a thing. Ignore it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Releases a fucking bird. Don't follow the bird. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like, that, that also is like kind of again the Gandalf thing of like Gandalf's like oh we have to go this way because the the air is smell sweeter yes, in this direction. It's like, yes. yeah, think like, does, Gandalf, is that really true or is Gandalf just shit. like kind of bullshitting to make people think that he knows <laughs> what he's doing type of thing? Like, he is, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> if I just keep going into the straight line, I'll end up somewhere. Yes, yes, there's more moisture this way. We need to go this way because that way is the desert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I smell it. <laughs> <laughs> then you and end up in the There's a definite kind of Tolkien influence for a lot of the, this movie. Yes. Like, like, like the Nelwyn people do feel very much like hobbits to me. They you know, do. it feels like have a, 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 a like I know that there's also it kind of the, the, the sort of a fairy tale dwarfs thing yeah. there too. But they, they also do feel very much like hobbits. You know, and 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 y- using that kind of metaphor of like the little guy. You know, it was like literally the little guy. But in the says like Will saying throughout this whole movie, no, like I'm I'm a nobody. Like I'm not I'm not a gr- grand hero of course he does end up being the hero that, that goes on this this journey so I, I i enjoy that one of my favorite moments is whenever willow is explaining to his family when they find a laura danham that uh he, he says daikini and they ask what that is and he says oh they're giants who live far away and you know it makes you po- we've told stories of giants and it's and it just brings everything right then and there it brings everything to perspective just with that little line. And I, I absolutely love uh, that moment just because it builds that myth. But at the same time, this is a realistic uh, world. It really is. And while we'll get more into them later, I also love the introduction of the brownies later kind of underscore. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess humans really are kind of giants in comparison to <laughs> a lot of people in this world. So. I guess the Nell one are kind of average sized, really. <laughs> this was one of Kevin yes. Pollock's first movies, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't realize that that, w- that was him. I actually l- looked it up uh, when when I was making the notes for this. I was like, oh, that was Kevin Pollock. You know, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that at the time. But I will say one thing about kind of the beginning section of, of the movie that I will actually, you know, name as, as kind of a nitpick. It's not a major problem, but I get a little bit frustrated by just the constant revolving door of what who exactly is the party at the beginning of the movie of the fact that like oh okay so it's it's willow and then oh will's buddy's gotta join oh great will's buddy and then of course the wizard kind of uh you know tricks the the one the one guy uh you know the one guy who's like the self-important guy and then the two like warriors and then it's like okay this is our party and then most of them leave like two seeds later yeah and it's like, okay, there's just Willow and his buddy. Then his buddy leaves two seeds later. It's like, yeah, okay, just I don't know. I don't know. I think that keeps it going. I I just wouldn't have really bothered with like having all those characters join up. I I, I, get I it. think I think they could. I think they could have just shaved down the, the the number of characters in general in this movie. I think this movie has a few too many too many characters. Honestly, like even just having Willow and his bro. 
at the beginning and then have his bro leave. Like, I think that's all you really need. I, I think that just having all those other characters come along at the beginning, I, I it, it just, it was just too much. Like, the, and, the, and it ultimately just didn't really lead to anything because those characters didn't actually do anything at any point in the movie. It's like, I think right. they had a chance to have a huge, diverse cast. I think having all these different types of characters, it's a shame that most of the main characters are all white. But I love that they I love that they had the brownie characters. I love that we got a little taste of the uh, El, the Nelwyn characters. And then I love that we we just kept changing. I don't know. It felt like more of a fantasy. It felt like a fantasy movie where they didn't have to explain everything or they explained it on the way. And that's what I loved about having all the different characters come in and out because it feels more realistic that he would have to depend on many different people to get through this quest. I get that. I, I just feel like it's mainly just the majority of those those Nelwyn characters is like, oh, he has many people to depend on. It's like, but again, those guys didn't do anything. They won't. Yeah. It's like, but they it's, won't. It, I guess it's kind of a case where it's like it feels a little more realistic, but also... From a storytelling perspective, it might be a little neater. It's just like, you don't need all these characters to show up if they don't really serve a function. That was how I felt, yeah. I, I, I get both parts on that, but I lean I lean a little more in Sam's direction. I, I like the characters. It's just, again, they didn't really have much function in the overall plot or even much of the scenes that they did show up in. It's a George Lucas film, so you know. <laughs> so, so it's got to be shitty because of that. No, no, it's got to have diverse characters that don't always lead somewhere. He does that. It honestly felt like a screenplay that was being that was being written, and they were making it up as they went along. And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have all these characters." Oh, wait, no, never mind. I'm, I'm gonna cut these characters. But, but then they didn't go back and like change the previous draft. I don't know. It, it, it just if. You know, it's like I, I feel like I could feel the process of the screenwriting when I as I watch this movie, if that makes sense, and, and, and not in a good way. But yeah, I feel like it was more realistic because they had all these different characters that didn't connect to one main focus. It was a it was a it was a movie about someone's fate that was written in the stars, but everyone they met did not matter. Does that make sense? In in movies today, whenever you have something that's built on fate, everyone that comes in was supposed to be there. And they and they matter in the end of the movie. So I, I thought it was an interesting concept, but I get I get that there was too many characters for a lot of people. It's like another character. God. Damn it. That was how I felt. It's like, wow, more characters. Like, I even felt that way. I mean, the, the brownies were really entertaining, but when they came into the movie, it's like, God, more characters? Like, Jesus. But at least they stayed till the end. Yeah. But yeah, I get what you're saying. The character who I think, of, of all of the companions, I think Mad Mardigan was, was the best of, out, of, out of all the companions. I think the, the, the Val Kilmer character, I thought he was great. He was super entertaining. He was super funny, you know, brought a lot of charisma to it, a lot of charm to it. It's a classic kind of character archetype type of you know kind of the roguish you know the like, rogue yeah yeah it's definitely the rogue but like, it, it, he the worked Han really Solo. well i think <laughs> yeah i yeah he's very much the han solo of the movie exactly i i thought he worked really well and is a really entertaining character i'm gonna oh, be yeah. honest and before i say this i'm not a big fan of val kilmer but i do think that this may be his best work i think he peaked early I did enjoy his documentary and it makes me appreciate him a lot more than i used to but I, I think this is probably his best work. 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed him in this role. It's... It's the character who, in a different film, might have been the hero or the protagonist. And I'm kind of glad that he wasn't, but that he was along for the ride anyways. I like that he was charming and charismatic and also genuinely a swashbuckling swordsman. And that all of those things frequently failed him at the worst of times. Yes. Uh, Was not able to entirely uh, charm his way out of the situation in the tavern. You know, when he was sword fighting in the camp, you know, he would occasionally fall on his ass, you know, slipping on the snow as well. That when he donned the armor and, you know, became a one-man army, he also, you know, kept just getting knocked over and uh, terrified by the giant monster. It's like, <laughs> I like I like that he's a... He is a very classic hero type, but a deeply imperfect one. Yeah. Which just makes him more charming. That rogue that's just out for himself, and then you see the moment that he falls in love with Alora, and then you start to really like the, well, in my case, I start to really like the character when he falls in love when he falls in love with the baby. Even uh, if like, he thinks oh. that it's totally okay to give a baby what is probably some form of tobacco. <laughs> yeah, like whatever the black root was. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, that's my mother used to give me that all the time. And I'm like, that says more about you than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, as I said, he's definitely like I think Willow himself and Mad Mardigan are the two best characters in the movie, in my opinion. Like, yeah. whatever is the the two of them, I I think that again. I honestly do think this movie has too many characters, and I'll, and I'll, I'll kind of come back to that. But, like, th- those two, again, are – you could view them as kind of the two co-leads. I mean, Will is the main, main yeah. hero, and the Mad Mardigan is kind of the, the – he's the companion who probably has the most kind of to do um, in the movie. But, like, the, the two of them just make a great duo, and, and I, I, I enjoy seeing those those two characters both together and individually quite a bit in this movie. Uh, and you have kind of the, the, the latecomer to the party is Sorsha, who starts off as an antagonist, who kind of comes along for the ride by, by the end of the movie. I kind of wish that her turn against her mother were, were motivated by something other than apparently just thinking that Val Kilmer was hot. Because, like, I watch this, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Sorsha is the most relatable character other than Willow. Because she is fighting for her mother, because it's something that she believes in. And she starts to have doubts. And I, I don't think that it was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer being pretty helps. Don't get me wrong. He helps. He has a nice tushy. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's starting to see things that she doesn't really like. She doesn't like the way that they treat the others. She starts to see that there are cracks in this in this kingdom that her mother has built. And then she walks away from it because she feels like her mother is not the good guy. You know, perhaps my mom wanting to kill children is a bad thing. Maybe I should not be involved in that. When we see the moment that Bavmorda finds out that Sorsha is has turned against her, then she automatically turns against her daughter. I like the way they wrote her storyline. I actually prefer her storyline for the most part, except for the Stockholm Syndrome love story, you know. But to be fair, she did kidnap uh, Mad Mardigan first and subjected him to questionable things, and then he kidnapped her. Yeah, this feels like the start of a healthier relationship. Right? Right? (laughs) 
it's okay that she kidnapped me because I kidnapped her later on. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you see them start to fall in love, and I was like, oh my god, everybody loves a great Stockholm syndrome <laughs> love story. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> the weird thing about Sorcia's storyline is that the framework of like a really good storyline is yes. in the movie, like yes. You know, at the end when she confronts her mother, it's like, okay, I get that now she has an issue with her mother and she believes she's doing the right thing. And at the beginning, you know, you already see that there is a bit of that she's a little frustrated. But being a little frustrated about being told to kill babies. Weirdly enough, that wasn't her uh that wasn't her uh big complaint at the beginning. It was just like, What? I don't need this other guy to come along. <laughs> I, I'm probably capable of killing babies myself, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about Sorsha is that I feel like a lot of her art, like the, a lot of the middle part of her arc where she discovers that she really does feel all this is kind of bad and that she wants to try and make up for it or maybe even, you know, try and sway her mother. I feel like a lot of that kind of happens off screen and we don't really get her perspective on her own arc if that makes sense yeah it'll be nice if she ever vocalized any of this herself yes she really kind of doesn't you can tell a man wrote her yeah it's like i i actually genuinely like her arc and i do feel that the romance is only part of the reason she turned especially near the end but she needed to be more active in her own arc Yes. That's that's pretty much exactly yes. how I feel, Zach. Is like w- Liz, what you're describing of as being her arc is what I honestly wish I had actually seen in the yes. movie. The way you're describing it, I I just feel like we don't actually really see her. She arc. has a subplot herself where it's it's very stoic, it's very stereotypical, and to be honest, you can tell a man wrote it. It is weird because that plot you're describing, Liz, I feel like happened, but not on screen. Every time something good happened with her character, some stereotypical mechanical thing happened and you were like, what the fuck? I think ending it where they had a love affair, and I'm going to be honest, I say this about a lot of movies, but I think ending it to where they were in, I'm not going to say relationship, but they were, you know, it's awkward and I think it ruins her plot. I think her ending ruins the plot because she should have been more independent in the end instead of being with yeah. him. Well, I think they do eventually end up together because I was just reading about like kind of the character synopses of the TV show, Willow, which again, by the time we release this, the, I think the first ep- two episodes are going to be out. But I know one of the main characters of the Willow TV show is the daughter of Mad Mardigan and Sor- Sorsha, uh-huh. uh, is one of the new main heroes from what I understand. So apparently they, they stayed together from what I understand. So oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. I know Val, I know uh, the the actress who plays Sorsha is on the show. Val Kilmer is not, but that's because of his health, his physical health yeah, more than anything right. else. But but I know that they I know they address the character, you know, and they talk about the character. But all I'm saying is that Gene Marsh is 88, and if they don't have some type of cameo, I know they killed her off, but she could have went to another dimension or something like that. If they do mm-hmm. not have one of the greatest villains ever written in this show, I am going to be totally pissed. Because <laughs> I want to see Jean Marsh one more time. Oh, She's yeah. 88. 
She's not getting any younger. Well, I mean, well, well, while we're kind of off that subject, let's talk about Bav Morda. She's 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 definitely a, a stereotypical kind of, you know, she's basically the evil queen from yes. Snow White. Like, she, right. she is. Like, she served the role that she had she to serve in the, in the story. It's like, yeah. Jean Marsh, this was her role that she was born for. Yeah. It occurred to me very early on that, like, when I noticed that Willow's party of Nelwyn had seven Nelwyn, and I'm like, hang on. <laughs> is this is this Snow White? Yep. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it is and it isn't. Like it eventually becomes much more its own thing. But, <laughs> yeah. but the evil queen is there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, they, they, there's like expository text at the beginning that like refers to her as the evil queen. I can't wonder. It's like, does she does she refer to herself as the evil queen? Like, she's like, hey, I'm evil. I feel like evil, she would evil, hate evil. It. Yes. It's like, look, I've got a I've got a castle that's like full of you know sulfur around. My general wears a skull on his face. <laughs> and, you know, we got an all black thing going. I just ordered a bunch of people to kidnap some pregnant women, and now I'm told my daughter to go kill a baby. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should just, you know, accept it and roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> I am the evil queen. <laughs> I accept who I am. <laughs> I don't know. The the character she is she is a flat character. It's just so well done. Whenever I watch her, I am sad that I never got to see the rest of the stuff that Jean Marsh is on is like detective shows and upstairs, downstairs, which was the before Downton Abbey show. So I am I am really sad whenever I whenever I look at history and I didn't see her play any more characters like this. It's yeah. just a once in a She's lifetime good in opportunity. The role. I honestly, I find the character forgettable. I honestly do. Like she basically is again. She 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 is the evil queen from Snow White. Yeah. you know, and that's that's completely yeah. what she is like. And, but she but she serves the function of being the villain of the movie, and I I think again Jean Marsh she's she's great in the role. She really oh, is great boy. in the role. It's just the movie. It's funny like I'd watched this movie as a kid. It's funny like I'd remembered Willow. I'd remembered Mad Mardigan. Like I'd even kind of remember Sorsha. But like I was looking back on it, it's like I do, I don't remember who the villain of this movie is until I like rewatched it for this podcast. Like I'd completely forgotten who the bad guy was. It's like, yeah, it's because she's kind of generic. You know? they, also, they also let the henchman kind of take forefront as the as the villain. You wanted to see him die horribly. I mean, with yeah. her, mm-hmm. she's killing babies, and she's a bitch. <laughs> Sorry if I just offended someone. But she is. <laughs> but at the same time, he seems worse than her because he sees the suffering, and he continues to torture the the people that are a part of the kingdom. Whereas she just gives orders and you never really see her. She's in the background. She's this head of the head that you really don't see, but she doesn't care. She is a very flat character. So I could see her being like phase one Marvel villain. Yeah, that's basically that's, that's, what that's we pretty have. That's much what she kind of made me feel like. Yeah. yeah, but I still want to see her in the show or hear her voice. The one thing I liked about the one thing that she stood out is I liked how... Over the course of the final act, she slowly got a little more corpsey and inhuman looking. Yes. Even at one point in the final act, kind of giving a very inhuman roar. I was like, okay, she, that uh, her particular use of magic or overuse of it is definitely yes. uh, warped her a bit. It was her greed. It was her greed and rage that killed her in the end. And I love when they do that with a villain. You know, no one stepped in to kill her. 
she killed herself with her greed and her rage. I love the use of ritual in this movie. And I've got to say, I've got to say that this is one of the greatest sorcerer slash wizard battles I have ever seen. <laughs> Just the point where uh, she's rolling around the wand and going, yeah, 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 and she's spinning <laughs> in, the, in the air, slamming into the walls. It's just so fun. It was definitely made for kids. I think that's why this movie, it's funny, like, you kind of look at, you know, retrospective, like, reviews, of, or the reviews at the time and stuff like that, and this movie was not well-reviewed by most critics, but kids loved it, and yeah. that's why it became this kind of cult classic, you know, and I I guess, like, I, I, it's one of those things, I see both sides of it, I can actually see why where somebody like, wouldn't really like this movie, and, like, again, I like the movie, but I also have problems with it. But I also could see where it would be considered to be a, a cult classic by a lot of people, especially if you were a kid of the 80s who kind of grew up with yeah. it. And, you know, and, 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 I, and I, I, I understand, you know, why they're making the TV show and everything. You know, it, it is it is an interesting universe. And I'm I'm excited to see an older Willow who maybe has become a great better sorcerer, you yes. know, and, and like. I'm really, I'm really interested to see like where where he kind of is is at as a character. I hope you know, they when, keep when some silliness in it though. Oh, whenever yeah. it comes to magic, I think yeah. that you have so many opportunities to have silliness with the magic that it's sad when you don't. So I hope they keep that with Willow a little bit. Yeah, I, I actually kind of agree with that. I, I, I did actually kind of enjoy some of the silliness with, 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 with that aspect of it too. Well, speaking of silliness, I do want to touch on the, on the brownies. We kind of, we, we, we briefly discussed them, but they were just, they were, they were fun kind of comic relief characters. I, I don't know if I necessarily needed them to be in the movie, but they were entertaining. You know, that was kind of how I felt about them. Like, they did have my single favorite, single favorite joke in the movie was due to the brownies. Is immediately after um, Willow and his friend are like, do we do the right thing? It's like, yeah, I'm sure she's going to be perfectly safe. And then immediate cut to, ha ha, I stole the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I stole the baby! I stole the baby! <laughs> yes! Well, you turned your back for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. The love uh, potion affecting the, the one of them, and, and he, he, he like, see, the, the cat is the first thing he sees, like, oh, your, my, your whiskers, your eyes, and, like, the cat just, like, swats him away or something. It's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> I think that they're definitely hilarious. I love that they're the, the laugh factory in the, in the film. The yeah, plucky, plucky comic relief. Yes, yes, everybody needs those henchmen. It's definitely, it definitely has an older formula to it, though, with all the characters and with all the yeah. scenery, with all the different scenery. I think, th I honestly think they could have chopped 20 minutes of this film. Hmm. I completely agree. And that was actually going to be one thing I was going to say. I, I, oh, yeah. I think the middle drags. Yes, I think, it does. Like, I think the, I think the mm -hmm. beginning is fun. I think the end is like, it's all pretty, like, it's all good. Like, there's not any, any scenes that are like, oh, this is it terrible. Is. But I do think there were some sequences in the middle that were like, yeah, you could, you could have trimmed this down, you know, yeah, because you didn't need it. A lot of it was world building, but 
I hate wasting time on just world building if it doesn't go towards anything else. I agree, actually. No, that, that, I'm pretty much right there with you. I I, I did actually really enjoy the uh, Finn Raziel character, you know, the sorceress who uh, is perpetually in various animal forms, uh, says Willow. Again, he's, he's a better sorcerer, like, considering the fact that he's an inexperienced sorcerer, the fact that he's able to turn her into another animal form, I thought was pretty impressive, yes. but right, yeah. can't, can't quite get the human down until, you know, later in the movie, but I will say, when he turns her into the crow, maybe that's not what she wanted, but the crow form was more useful than the, uh, the like, the ferret. So. Very much more useful, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's like a ferret or, I want to say Australian possum for some reason. Was it's her. something like that, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, I thought I thought she was fun. I liked the mix of trying to be an encouraging mentor for Willow, but also when he turned her to a goat, it's like, Willow, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, you you feel that she's just very, she's trying to be supportive, but she's also really frustrated. It's like, I'm a fucking goat, goddammit. Did she say something about they send her farmers or something like that, too, in the movie? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love. I liked her a lot. She had a lot of really genuinely, you know, had a lot of moments that I really liked. Um, I love that beat uh, when she does finally turn human and she's like, oh, God, has it been so long? And she just realizes yes. how much of her life has just been lost. Wasted, yes. You know, just wasted in these, you know, animal shapes. And I also really like her fight with Bab Morda partially because it's like, okay, this is a really cool classic wizard fight. Yes. You know, accidentally turning, you know, the scenery, exploding the scenery, turning some of it into weird monsters. And then probably my favorite part is at one point she just gets super exasperated with Bab Morda, just starts decking her in the yes! face. And I'm like, you know what? I feel <laughs> like more wizard duels should you know, yes. get reduced to that at some point. It's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, and, and it's and it's not a, like a wimpy hit or anything. She punches the oh, no, shit those are out some of solid, her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, those are solid exactly. And I love, no, it was great. I love that this fight scene is done with women, with older mm-hmm. women. And that's something that doesn't happen a lot. We don't get these types of scenes, and the point, and the fact that she actually punches the shit out of her, it's like, holy hell. It's a really good fight scene. Yeah. That's, that's something I just wanted to say as well, is that, you know, this was, movie was in 1988, and I love that, you know, the great and powerful wise wizard is an older woman who yes. is not traditionally beautiful, but she is wise and tries to be supportive again when she's not getting turned into a goat. And Watching this movie, yeah. I realized why I like the archetype of the hag, and it's because of her. It's It's pretty crazy. And of course, uh, we have a, a Laura Dane, and I just want to touch on it's kind of the baby MacGuffin of the movie, you know, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if Laura ends up being a character on the show, since she would be an adult, obviously, with, with the, the amount of time that's passed at this point, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, that, like, again, I was looking at the cast, I didn't see her listed, but I'm, I, I feel like she's got to show up, though. Well, she would be queen, so... Yeah, she would be the she'd queen. Be in yeah, the background, exactly. you wouldn't have to see her that often, unless something horrible has happened. And there's like factions where two leaders are going at each other. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. We'll need need to see the show. I do. I suspect and hope that you know she does make at least an appearance. Most likely, you know, maybe near the end. Yeah, and I will say one thing is that for the most part, she is a baby MacGuffin. 
But also, they found like the most expressive baby in the world. Yes. Like, good Lord, her reactions are on point. I was yes. talking about how expressive that baby was. Yes, it was, it was great. Whenever they would do a reaction shot with her, it was it was it was always just they always felt like the perfect you know expressions to kind of cut to you know to, to kind of respond to whatever was going on. Like, huh? yeah. I wonder if they just had a camera follow her around on set. I honestly think they probably got a bunch of footage of of the baby and 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 just like. Like found yeah. ooh, that like that, that face she just made would be perfect as a reaction yeah. shot for this thing you know it's like I, i'm sure a lot of that was constructed with editing but yeah very expressive baby for genius. sure or baby it, it was probably twins that played because that's usually the way they do it yeah but. yeah overall yeah she's a MacGuffin, but you can also she does technically fulfill the prophecy because if she wasn't so gosh darn adorable and lovable this entire band of heroes wouldn't have come together in the first place. That's right. If the baby looked like Quasimodo or Schmeagol, they would have been like, fuck that baby, send it down the river. It's ugly. It's going to end up being I mean, someone's face halfway there already. It's like, yeah. yeah. I love in the beginning where he's like, no, no one can fall in love with this baby. No, no. I will be heard. And they just walk past him. Oh, it's just a baby. Man who is surprisingly very... Very on top of what could cause him to have to go on some sort of foolish, <laughs> heroic quest and tries to avoid it as much as possible. It's like, nope. I don't have time for an adventure. I've got to get these seeds sown with this pig. <laughs> yeah, and in general, I also just enjoyed how imaginative the movie was with yes. all the creatures that we see. The you dragons. know, like, like the one, the one monster that attacks the village at the beginning, which it's it's kind of clearly like a dog that they dressed up. Yeah. But, you know, it's, right. it's still fine. But you know, <laughs> yeah. the trolls were really neat. I love the, the trolls design were cool. Of the trolls. I like the trolls a lot. I, I I love the shot where you see like one of them is like crawling on the underside of yeah. the staircase. Is, is like yeah right. that was that was really cool and then you know the weird uh two-headed uh, dragon dragon creature that willow it, i guess inadvertently creates it's like oh shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, that's one thing i love about the about the wand they treat the wand like it's a gun in the movie Whenever mm -hmm. the brownies, he's waving the wand and the brownies are ducking all around like it's a gun. Yeah. And then he does that with other people and they tell him all throughout the movie, be careful. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing with that thing. And then he creates a dragon. Yeah. But at least he has acorns. <laughs> yeah. The acorn, which uh, doesn't really end up serving him too well in the movie, but oh, you know, no, no. <laughs> Morton just ruins one of them, and you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Damn those acorns! You just can't the pendulum. He drops magic. another one on the bridge, and it just like turns one of the planks into stone. It's like, well, <laughs> all right. Well, I know it works. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and there's some, like, again, I, I do agree with you, Liz, I think the beginning of the movie does drag a little bit, but there are some fun set pieces with, yeah. you know, the the, the, the kind of the, the, the runaway uh, carriage kind of chase sequence, and then the one where they're, like, on the the, the, the the slope of the mountain, and they're kind of skiing on the, the yeah. shield, like, these, they're just really kind of fun, they you know, fun. action sequences. Uh, any 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 scenes in particular that kind of stand out to you guys as far as that goes? I love that they said let's start this this let's start this movie with uh, with Moses, a girl yeah. Moses uh, or Jesus, whichever one you want to go with. But with I thought of Moses because they send her down the river. Oh yeah, that, that's definitely very much. I mean, that is definitely the Moses thing. Yeah. Is, you know, sending the baby down the river. Yeah, and that that, that gets used in a lot of kind of fantasy movies as well. It does. So. 
where she turns them into pigs. That that scene that where she turns them. That was actually in, really creative. It really was creative. like they could have just had it be a quick. Oh, it's a flash of light, and they're pigs. But, but it's like the transformation nope, we're gonna make itself. this horrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that was that was cool. Yeah, that was really well done. And it shows how she it shows how she can become so so uh, set in her place because she has this powerful magic, and you saw her turn a, a whole garrison of people to pigs with just a wave of her hand and her voice. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. I love the makeup. I think we're ready to go ahead and go into our overall thoughts and our score of 1 out of 10. And I'll go ahead and let Zach start this week. For me, this movie is very enjoyable. I'd heard that it was a cult classic for years, but never seen it. Uh, It was, yeah, really pleasant, really pleasant chance to, you know, go back and finally check this out for the first time. Is it perfect? No, absolutely not. It does still occasionally show... I feel like it was kind of progressive for its time, but still shows a little bit of wear from then. You know, it still still has some issues from then as well. Uh, some of the effects don't hold up well. Some surprisingly do hold up very well. Overall, it's just, yeah, a really fun, enjoyable movie with the fantastic protagonist. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm going to have to give this one an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say um, I enjoy this movie a lot. I do have issues with, again, I personally don't like just the weird revolving door of characters at the beginning of the movie that don't really serve any function. Like, I I get what you're saying, Liz, about how not every character that shows up in in a hero's journey is necessarily going to play a role. But I feel like when you're making a movie, like, you got to kind of pick and choose what's really important to include in the movie. And I, I just feel like a lot of those characters were ultimately superfluous. Uh, even even including, you know, his kind of buddy character who's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be our Samwise Gamgee. And he's gone. He's he's out of the movie now. But once they did finally settle on this is the group, this is the party. I did really enjoy the party. I wish that we had seen more of Sorsha's kind of arc in, in terms of her, her kind of turn. But I, I really did enjoy uh, both Mad Mardigan and Willow themselves, I think, were the best characters in the movie. It's fun, but it definitely has aged some. And it's it's not a movie that necessarily stays with me as much, but I can also see why, why it became a cult classic. So I think it's solid, and I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7 out of 10. And it's one of those that I definitely see how it kind of became a, a cult classic for a lot of people. It's a fun movie. It's got magic. The lead is a wizard. I'm I'm already sold on that. They have all these different creatures. I love that they have the brownies and the sprites and you know, they have a diverse a diversity whenever it comes to creatures and I love all the different characters from it. I do say that it should have been cut uh 20 minutes. I do think that it's just 20 minutes too long. That's it. Between 15 and 20 minutes should have been cut from it. Ron Howard has three daughters and one son. You can tell that in this movie. You can tell that. You could still tell that the, some of the women characters were written by men. But at the same time, I really do feel like this is a nice, like you said, Zach, progressive uh, film. And it does have Ron Howard's values in it. You can tell that. I enjoy the dragon scene is one of my favorite and it sticks out to me even from when I was a kid. I was wild when I first saw this movie and it still continues to wow me. Even though some of the visual effects don't stand up to today, it's still a beautiful testament to where visual effects have come from. The story only drags a little bit. I think this is I think this is Val Kilmer's greatest work. I really do. 
And I'm not saying that in a bad way. He he has some good movies. Um, but I think this is probably his his best work. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the show Willow. I, I cannot wait. And I'm glad we got to watch this a couple of weeks before it comes out. It, it has me revved up for it. I do hope to see Bav Morda again because she is one of the greatest villains. She's not very complex, but she scares the shit out of me. I don't want her mm-hmm. to turn me into a pig. I'm already getting there. Um, but I, I have to give it an 8 out of 10. And the reason why I give it an 8 out of 10 is because of the Stockholm love affair. It really does drag, and it didn't age well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that that, that quote-unquote romantic subplot didn't really age well. Yeah. And it was if, if we're going to go the route of putting these two characters together, the way they did it, it was it was too rushed. It was very forced in kind of a literal way. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't really work too well. But still, uh, overall, a very entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. Having said all of that, Zach, where can the folks find you? Folks can find me on Facebook as Zachariah Schneider. They can find me on the Twitters, as long as it lasts, uh, and the Instagrams at Zachariah Schnee4, Zachariah S-C-H-N-E-4. You can find me on all social media under the Liz Tory, L-Y-Z-T-O-R-Y, and you can see what all is coming up. I have lots of great shows coming up through my uh, channel, Meadow wolf studios on youtube um you can catch praise the goose on friday december 2nd and friday december 16th at 7 30 p.m and you can check out my non-binary uh preacher's kid on uh december december 8th and december 30th get your tickets on Eventbrite now Hey, I'm Sam Wilson. You can follow me on Instagram at scwilson underscore actor. You can follow my band, Gas Station Boner Pills, at The Band of Boners on Instagram or just under any social media at Gas Station Boner Pills. We have a, a few shows coming up to uh, kind of round out the, the uh, rest of the year uh, and also going into next year as well. So definitely check us out for all our show dates. And you can follow Nerd Shit at The Nerd Shit Pod on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at The Nerd Shit Pod. We release episodes every single week. Make sure that you're subscribed to us so that you never miss a single podcast. And make sure you give us your feedback. Send us a DM to any of our social medias. Leave us a review on any platform that you listen to the podcast on. We're going to go ahead and review the latest Star Wars uh, TV show Andor next week. And then after that, I I think we'll probably have that and maybe one more uh, episode uh, before we like I'm I'm probably going to propose after that. We go ahead and take a couple weeks off for the holidays. So uh, I think that that, that'll be uh, the the episode probably after next week is going to be our last one for for this year. So definitely check us out. But yeah, we'll we'll be back with a vengeance in 2023. So. Hope you all have have a great holiday. And uh, for Zach Schneider, Liz Story, I'm Sam Wilson. Thank you for joining us for Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Stay shitty, nerds. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd shit. So strap on in. Girls, we're talking about the Nerd Shit.